Today we're doing something a little bit different, um, something I've never done. I don't even think as a youth pastor I've ever done this. Um, this morning, uh, we are doing what I'm calling a reboot. So we are rebooting a series that we have already done before. So um, we are only three years old So uh, as a church, but um, I think that along the way, uh, you know, there are some series that we do that This is, out of all the series that we've done, if I ever refer anyone to a series, um, this is the series that I refer them to. And so what we've done is we've rebranded it a little bit, uh, made it a little bit more uh, hip-hop, a little bit more spoken word, uh, and uh, we uh, are doing a series that we call It Is Written. And so uh, this series is about God's Word. It's about the Bible. One of the things that I that I notice every year is, um, so this series is, is a four-week series, so today and then the next three weeks. And this series is going to take us all the way up to Palm Sunday. And then um, from Palm Sunday, uh, after Palm Sunday, many of you know, it's the day after Palm Sunday, it's just Easter. And so um, now the series talks to me about Palm Sunday, which is weird. Sunday is the day before Easter, and it's just going to lead us all the way up to that. But what I've noticed is that um, for the last, I don't know, since Facebook came out and social media came out, um, there's a lot of memes that get shared on Easter about how I'm, I'm tired of it. And I'm, I'm tired of, of just um, people not trusting what the Bible has to say. And, um, and so I realized that the did die so that we could be restored to God. And he didn't remain dead, but he went to a tomb and he rose three days later so that we can have a relationship with the Father. And it's not a joke. It is a story that can be trusted. It really happened. And I want to show you guys over the next four weeks why the Bible can be trusted. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, it can be it can be difficult. But one of the most beautiful things about God's word is that I can read it. It doesn't matter how many times I read the book. I can read it. You know, um, I, I try to read it every single year. I read it. I read the Bible all the way through in a year last year. I'm doing it again this year. And um, it doesn't matter how many times you read a passage or how many times you read the Bible. But at different moments of our lives, it can different things can stand out to us. And the Bible is always fresh. It's always fresh. It doesn't matter how many times. And so we like to keep things fresh at the refuge. So we're going to do our best to keep this series fresh. And um, hopefully we can illustrate for you how that works. Also, I noticed that um, there are a lot of people in the refuge that were not here when we did it in September last year. And so is a series that we get to do as new people coming in. Um, we get to do, to do it all the time. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1, if you, if you um, just want to follow along in the YouVersion Bible app, just read it behind me. Most of you have it. You can find that on your cell phone uh, or your uh, iPad. And uh, you love to have you follow along with all of today. So, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, um, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth say it again. Aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get Jesus. This morning and during this whole series, I just want us to aim at heaven. I want us to to seek God in this. Because frankly, this book contains some things that are difficult to understand. And hopefully we can, as we aim at heaven, we can show you that when we aim to heaven, we'll, we'll get earth thrown in. But if we aim at earth, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get Jesus thrown in. God has to speak to us. God has to speak to us. Maybe, maybe I should say it this way. We must hear from God in, in our lives. We must hear from God. And the only thing thing that I can guarantee you is God's voice. The only thing that I can guarantee you is God's voice are on these pages, are in this book. I can't guarantee you that a voice that you hear inside of your head is God. I can't guarantee you that an experience that you have at church is God. I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee this is. I can guarantee this is, and we must hear his voice. The good news is God wants to speak to us. Like, can you think about that for a minute? God desires to have a conversation with me. And so the way that I talk to God is through what? this passage, John 1, 1 through 5, God calls himself the Word. The Word. Therefore, if God calls himself the Word, the Word is also God. So, the Bible is God. 
It's not just God's word, but it represents him. Therefore, it is him. And if John 1, 1 through 5 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, then therefore the Bible is also God. Now, here's the problem. A lot of you, some of you, not all, hopefully not all of you, but some of you have a problem with me saying that. Some of you have a problem with me saying that because a lot of us love God. So what's happened is we've gotten away from this book, and what we've done is we've created a God that isn't God at all, a God that we're comfortable with. The fact of the matter is, is that God isn't comfortable with us. But we want to say that I believe in God because it's acceptable in most churches. We want to say that I believe in God and that God is a big part of our lives, that God means the world to us. But at the end of the day, the Bible is God. It's God's word. And if we don't like this, then we've created a God that makes us comfortable. Man, Pastor Adam, aren't you going to tell any jokes this morning? I wish I could. created a God that's comfortable, and I'm afraid that it isn't God at all. Therefore, therefore, we have to get back to God and His Word and what it says. You don't have to understand it. I'm getting ahead of myself with my notes. I don't know why. You don't have to understand God's Word. There are things that I do in life that I don't understand. I don't understand how my body digests food. But guess what? I still like to eat. I still eat. I don't understand what it, what my body does with my food inside of it. I know what happens when I eat food. But I don't understand my like I don't understand how my body digests food. But I still eat. We don't have to understand everything in the book, but we have to still believe it. We have to consume it. It has to be a part of our lives. We have to get it inside of us. The fact of the matter is, Satan will do everything he can to steal from us. Therefore, he's going to allow us going to make us think that what this says isn't loving. What this says isn't kind. But the Bible says that God is love. And if the Bible is God, is God's word, then the word is loving. But it says, Adam, but Pastor Adam, you don't understand. It says something. Do you know what it says? I know what it says. And I know that it makes us uncomfortable. But guess what? My love for my kids doesn't, they're not comfortable with it sometimes. Sometimes my love that I give my children 
doesn't make them comfortable. They don't like it when I send them to their room. They don't like it when I take their phones away from them. They don't like it when I discipline them. But God is love, and he will always do what is loving and always do what is best for us. So our goal in this series is for you to know God's word. That you would be able to make it a lamp into your feet and a light into your path, just like Psalm 119, 105 says. We don't want to just fall in love with God's word, but we want to live justification of the Bible is the only book, the only book that is truly alive. And when we live the words on the page, it comes to life. I don't know any other book that's like that. I don't know any other book that comes to life. John chapter 6, verse 63 says this. It says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. The Bible wasn't written in English. The Bible was actually written in So what happens oftentimes is that as the Bible has been translated to English, it has lost a little bit of its meaning because Greek doesn't translate to English very well in a lot of times. I'm going to explain that. In John chapter 6, verse 63, the verse that we just read, the spirit gives life. That word spirit is the Greek word pneuma. The word pneuma in English can be translated to spirit, obviously, that's what they chose it to translate it to, but it can also be translated to be the word breath. But the problem is, it means so much more than just breath. It also means power. And I don't know about you, but when I take a deep breath, I don't always feel powerful. But the spirit, the word pneuma, the pneuma actually is breath plus power. I think a lot of people miss out on God's power because we believe in God, but we don't necessarily believe that he wrote this book. We miss out on the power because we don't fully accept his word. The thing about a, any book is that the power that the pages contain always comes from the one that wrote it. 
all with. I'm not going to read a cooking book by written that's not by a, a chef or a, or a cook. Um, like, I'm not going to read a medical, maybe this is better. I'm not going to read a medical book written by a construction worker. Right? Like, now maybe if, if the, the construction worker has some training of some sort in the medical field, then I can actually... I can, I can actually get something from it. Like, the power comes from the one that wrote it. Do you understand? Are you, are you tracking? So, the Bible comes from the God that inspired it. The problem is this. Anything that God does, I was thinking about this this morning. It amazed me. Anything that God does, he does through broken humanity. Let that sink in for a second. Anything God does, he does it through broken humanity, and that's the way he's operated for all of time, with the exception of creation. He, do, he works through human beings. Therefore, when he wrote this book, he had to use human hands to write it. And that's the problem that a lot of us have. But Pastor Adam, I believe that God And maybe, just maybe, in his hands. So we have to come to some some conclusions. Because the power that comes from this book comes from the author of this book. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this. It says, for the word of God is alive. And it is powerful. The Bible is between the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes my innermost thoughts and desires. The Bible has the ability to do surgery on the soul. I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about surgery. As I was thinking about the Bible doing surgery on the soul, I was thinking about why people have surgery. Why do people have surgery? For healing, the reason people get have surgery is because they are broken in some area in their physical life. Therefore, they have to be healed. If it's, if it's cancer being cut out, if it's something being cut out, or if it's something that's being put back together. Like when someone tears their ACL, they, they have surgery to put it back together. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible will do both things. It will cut things out of our lives that do not belong there. And it will put our pieces back together when we need it to. All in an effort to heal our souls. I love it when God gives me revelation while that I don't have in my notes. Like that was just something that God just gave me for some reason. The Bible will cut things out of our lives. It will also put things back together. All with an effort to heal. Hebrews 4.2 says this. For we are also, for we also have had the gospel preached to us. 
just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. So, how do we get God's word in our life? Number one, first thing, faith activates God's word. Let me say it again. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down anyway. Faith activates God's word. If the Bible is going to become alive in our life, faith has to activate it. We have to have the faith that the words on the pages are true in order for it to come to life. Faith is a supernatural belief that what's being read is true. Supernatural belief. There are some things that this book contains that it has to be a supernatural belief for me to believe it. Because culture will tell me it's not true. Because people will tell me it's not true. But I have to have the supernatural belief that what's on the page is true. Faith activates God's word. Let me say it like this. The Bible plus faith is what leads us to power to live the life that God intends for us. Let me say that again. The Bible plus faith equals the power to live life the way God intends for us. Power plus faith. Sorry, the Bible plus faith equals the power to live the way life God intends for us. Now, I realize that that frustrates some of you. Not only do you have a problem with the things that this book has to say, but you have a problem with the faith that I'm telling you to have. Because you struggle. Or maybe it's not maybe it's not the words on the page that you have a hard time believing, but maybe it's the faith to believe them. I get it. So what activates faith? We need to have a revelation. Because if Faith activates us, the word, to live, be lived in our lives, then we have to have a revelation because revelation is what activates faith. Some of you need this morning, you need to have a revelation in your life. You need to have that moment that you go, aha, I get it. I understand what, what God is saying today. Not, not me. It's easy to understand the things I haven't read. It's just not, it's not, not good. But the things that God has to say, sometimes you need to have an aha, I get it. So if faith activates the word, revelation activates faith. Let me put it to you this way. Again, the original language and the English language, language sometimes does not add up. So... The word word in the original language that is in this particular room is the word logos. The word logos is, is the word written. So when translated from Greek to English, the word logos is the word written word. So the, so, so the literal words on this page are the logos, right? Like that's what we're reading. So some of you come in this morning and 
And some of you go to church, and all you ever experience is the logos. All you ever experience is the information. All you ever experience is what's given. But we have to get to the point where we get to the, the Greek word rhema. And the Greek word rhema is the word revelation or to reveal. And so oftentimes the, the, the languages sometimes do, just do not add up. And so we have to get to rhema, the revelation of the word. But if, if we're not willing to have the faith, then we can't ever get to the revelation. We can't ever get to the rhema. I'm going to show it to you in scripture. Look at a familiar story in, um, in Luke chapter 1. This is the end goal. The end goal is rhema, not just the written. It's not about information. It's about transformation. Revelation 1, 34 through 38 says this. This is a Christmas story. How will this be, Mary asked. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born with would be called the Son of God. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May the word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What allowed Mary, what transpired within Mary to go from how can this be? To let it be done. And the word there is rhema. The written word wasn't enough. She had to have rhema. And what the Bible is saying, what the angel said to her, is the rhema of the Lord, the revolution of the Lord, the revelation of the Lord, will never fail you. When God reveals things to us, it won't let us down. But it has to be that aha moment. Revelation is what activates faith. But Pastor Adam, how do I get revelation then? I want faith. I want it. How do I get revealed? How, do, how does it become revealed to me? Because when Mary, when it was, when it became rhema to her, that's when she got pregnant. It, the angel didn't just appear to her and say that it was going to happen. God knew that she would have the faith that what he said could be done. And when she believed it, when she had that revelation, how many people have a revelation this morning that Jesus loves you so much that he died for you? When you haven't had that aha, answer to that is through meditation. Meditation. We have to meditate on God's word in order for him to reveal it. I can't, I, I can't do it. I don't have the power to reveal things to you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit has to reveal it to you. 
Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says this. It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will prosper and be successful. That word meditate means to chew on. To chew on something. If you leave this place, I hope and I pray, listen, I give you permission to meditate on what I just said to you. To chew on what I just said to you. Because if all you ever do is come in and you just sit there and you just consume, 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 then it will not, nothing will ever be revealed to you. You have to talk about it. You have to meditate on it. That's why we do small groups. So you can talk about God's word, meditate on God's word together and give each other Meditate on God's word. Notice the end of Matthew 1, or Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says, then you will be prosperous and successful. If I did a poll and I asked you to raise your hand, who wants to be prosperous and successful? Who wants to be prosperous and successful? We all do. Every single one of us. If your neighbor didn't raise his hand, wake him up. Just with your elbow, not not your hand. We're not touching anybody today. And so we have to have medita- we have to have meditation in order to do things, in order for this to happen, the revelation to take place. The question is, how do we do that? How do we meditate on God's word in order to get it into our lives? Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-four, in the message paraphrase says this these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. I love the message, how it puts it here. He goes on. These words aren't homeowner improvements. I just got all the DIY ladies' attention. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. He's saying, this isn't something to remodel your house with. This should have been done at the very beginning of the building of your house. It has to be the foundation. Words to build build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you will be like the smart carpenter who built the house on solid rock. Rain poured down and the river flooded, flooded, and a tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed on the rock. He goes on to say that if you don't build your house on God's word, then you are like the stupid carpenter that built his house on the sandy beach because it got washed away. Ladies and gentlemen, storms in life come. They come. Pastor Adam, be more positive. I'm positive. Storms come. They come. The question is, what will the foundation of our life be when we have storms in our lives? What's it going to be? Is it going to be culture? Is it going to be what's going on around us? Or is it going to be the foundation of God's word? And so we have to do some things in order to make the Bible a part of our lives. I'm going to give you three, and then we'll be done. The first thing I have to do with God's word is I have to accept its authority. I have to accept the Bible's 
authority in my life. And here's the thing. I've learned that we have given authority to a lot of things in our life. I wrote down four. We give authority to friends. We allow our friends to influence us. We allow um, experiences to influence us. We build our lives on some experiences that have happened to us. A lot of our personality comes from our experiences in life. We give authority to media. <laughs> I went into Bath and Body Works last night because I was in uh, South Florida, and I asked for some hand sanitizer. The lady laughed at me and said, yeah, go to another store. We're all out. She looked at me like I was crazy. Because we've given so much power to the media that everyone's panicking over a coronavirus. We give power to things that don't deserve. We give authority to people to, to things that just don't deserve the authority. We give we give authority to celebrities in our life. A sneaker company knows that in order for their their stock to skyrocket, all they have to do is get a rapper or a, or an NBA player to wear their shoes. Like there are some of the ugliest shoes. I'll show you pictures of them later. There are some of the ugliest shoes that I've seen. I'm like, why in the world do those cost nine hundred dollars? Well, it's because the rapper wore them. Like, like we give authority to celebrities. We give authority to things that do not deserve. We have to give authority to God's word in our lives. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 13 says this. It says, we also thank God continually because when we received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as the word of men, but actually as it is the word of God, which is at work. The word received there in, in Thessalonians, it means, I love, I love the picture here. The literal word means to receive a stranger in your home. To welcome a stranger in your home. Listen, sometimes this book feels like a stranger. Because, because it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't always make me feel good. But I have to accept it and receive it in my home just like I would that stranger that I don't know. Now, does that mean, do I just let any old stranger in my house all the time? No, that's not necessary. I have to know a little bit about them to let them in my home and receive them. This word is able to be tested, ladies and gentlemen. You can test it, and it will stand the test of time. It will, it will pass the test all the time with flying colors. I dare you to try it. So one, I have to accept this authority. Two, I have to assimilate its truth. I have to allow its truth into my life. That word assimilate. Um, means to allow to work in all areas. When when P 
people come into our church, when you visit for the first time, we churches have this word called assimilation, the assimilation process. And the assimilation process of a church is doing the work that it takes to get you to serve on our dream team. That's why we do My Refuge. My Refuge is a part of our assimilation process. Now, the good news is you don't have to go through My Refuge in order to serve here. We want you to serve no matter what. But it's a part of our process. We have a process to get to work in all areas. I have to allow God's truth to impact all areas of my life. doesn't only work on Sundays. It works on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as well. So how do we assimilate his truths in our lives? First, we do it by listening to God's word. I don't have to tell you guys that you need to listen to God's word in church because you're here this morning. Thank you for being here. But get a podcast, listen to it. Romans 10 17 says, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. We have to listen to God's word. We assimilate the truth of God's word in our lives by not only listening to the word, but by reading the word. One thing that will help you reading the word is have a plan to read God's word. Have a time that you read God's word. My time is 6.30 a.m. every day. My family gets up and, and like like they're stirring a little bit, but 6:30 a.m. I have an appointment with Jesus and His Word. And when I do, this is how I read my Bible sometimes. Sometimes I want to help you. Is this helping you? I hope it's helping you. I put in earbuds and I hit play on my U version Bible app. U version has an audio version. to the reading in my book, in my Bible, you need to have a paper Bible in church. Because and digital Bibles are great. Everyone has one of these. But this is mine. This is mine. And you can't have it. Because I've written notes in this. I've underlined things that have spoken to me. This one's mine. And as I open this book and I get out my phone and I have my earbuds in and I hit play, I read along as he's reading and I underline the things that stand out. I have my journal next to me and I'm writing things out because, ladies and gentlemen, I have to have the revelation of God's word in my life every single day. have to read God's word. Have a plan, have a time, and study it. Explore it. Number three, the third and final point of today is I must apply its principles. I must apply its principles. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. 
When we live the word of God, the word of God comes to life. Can't you say it one time with me? When we started the Methodist Church, I asked God to, I prayed and I asked God to reveal to me a name. I asked God to reveal to me a vision, a vision that I wanted to be a, I wanted to have a name that would stand the test of time. I want to be a name that when, uh, when people hear it, they know that it's biblical. So, God gave me Psalm chapter 91, verse 9 and 10 says this, if you say the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. And so, never be overtaken before. The refuge was born. It was born out of meditating on God's word. It was born through a revelation. And it was born through that aha moment, I get it now. Some of you are here this morning and you've never had that aha moment. Some of you are here this morning and you have a lot of problems with a lot of what I just said. My challenge to you this morning, if you have problems with what I said, test it out. Test it out. The Bible is alive. It can stand your test. Whatever test you put it up against, put it up against culture. Every time it'll win. Test it. The other thing that I want to challenge you with is... If you have a hard time with what I said, come back next week. Come back next week. We're going to talk about how the, why the Bible can be trusted. This whole series is built on why the Bible can be trusted. That's why we're doing it. But maybe you're here this morning and you just need to have that aha moment between you and God. You have to say, aha. I see it now. You love me so much that you gave your only son Jesus to die for me so that I can live in relationship with you. If that's you this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip your hand and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I had that aha moment this morning. Thank you. I saw some hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's me, Pastor Adam. I, I, need, I needed that aha moment. I get it. that I can live with you and 
I can try to live with you. Help me to live for you. Make me new. Come into my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, we just ask you to mark it on the card on the back of your worship guide. Drop it in the black box on your way out. Also, if there's anyone that has any prayer needs this morning, we have um, our friends up here at the stage that would love nothing more than to pray with you so that we can pray with you throughout this week. Hasn't God been good? Come on, give him a hand. We're going to sing a song and then be dismissed.